0: make sure you're improving sleep and stress. Those two things for tinnitus are very, very helpful. And so, you know, whether that's adding meditation, I was already a pretty significant or consistent meditator throughout this process, but there's quite a bit of research on people using meditation to improve tinnitus. You are listening to the Pain and Performance Podcast with Dr. Derek Hines. Hey everyone, Derek Hines here. Welcome to the podcast where I'll share with you the patterns, insights, research, and technologies that we use in my own pain and performance practice to help people improve their health, speed their healing, and increase their longevity. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Good day, my friends. Thank y'all so much for all the feedback that we've been getting on the Pain and Performance Podcast. It has been an incredible couple of weeks. I hope y'all are keeping up. I hope y'all are sharing the show. Our numbers continue to increase with downloads and with people talking about it. And I say it every time I I hear feedback, but it really makes my day whenever you come in and, and tell us what you learned from it. Hey, this episode really got me thinking about regenerative therapy or what kind of treatments we're hearing. We have some phenomenal guests coming up in the few weeks, so now is a wonderful time to get those friends and family who are interested in health listening to the show. But today we are talking about something that has been top of mind and very highly requested by a lot of you, and I didn't realize this was such a big issue until I started diving into the data behind it. So we are going to go into... The full ins and outs of treatment for tinnitus or tinnitus as I call it, but I know a lot of people call it tinnitus. Tinnitus is one of these crazy things when you start looking at it that affects so many people. So 20% of the population is affected and of course most of these people are over 50 and basically what it's characterized by is just a ringing in the ears coming from some of the structures in the brain in the ear canal or in the the inner ear itself. And I think that's part of the problem and we're gonna dive into that is there's many issues that can cause this ringing in the ears or this interpretation of ringing in the ears. And that is hearing loss, that is blockage or inflammation in and around the ear canal, injuries to the nerves around the head or the neck or the TMJ of the jaw, certain medications can cause it it can be a side effect of meniere's disease if people have it in conjunction with vertigo eustachian tube issues ear bone changes or bone dysfunction around the ear muscle spasms around the inner ear the tmj any blood vessel issues or blood flow to the inner ear can cause it and so when we look at this whole host of things you say like that is eight different things that could cause ringing in the ears. And I think this is why when you look at the research behind it, it's really hard to see consistent improvements with people because it's one of those conditions that has so many different things that can cause it. And so if someone's tinnitus is caused by blood flow issues to the inner ear and we treat it by improving nerve function and Muscle function around the inner ear. They're not going to get much improvement because we're not getting to the true cause of their tinnitus And therein lies. The problem is how do we identify? the actual cause of each person's tinnitus in today's Medical system as far as I know we don't have a good way of doing that so I'll tell you all my little story a few years ago I started experiencing tinnitus with a pretty significant, like one day wake up and it's there and I could not get rid of it. It seemed to get worse and worse over the next probably six months to a year. And it got to the point where I was pretty fed up with it. And I was like, I have to figure out a way to resolve this because it's going to drive me crazy. (laughs) And I've talked to many patients and they say the same thing. So I started to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, where does tinnitus come from? How can we treat it? Is there science behind some of these treatments? And looking at all of these things that could potentially cause it, I started to put together what I thought would be a good way of addressing tinnitus. And so I basically did five steps to start treatment and improving all of the things that could potentially cause tinnitus so i'm gonna take y'all through those steps and kind of teach you what each part of it does so the first thing that i did was if i'm having ringing in the ears there must be some sort of a nerve issue in there and the biggest thing that we know that reduces nerve inflammation is something called pea pomatoil ethanolamide, you've probably heard me talk about it if you follow me on social, that is a natural neuro anti-inflammatory. So it's a natural compound that your body makes, but it is so powerful if we take it in supplement form. There's been research done on sciatic nerve, carpal tunnel, You know, massive amounts of nerve regeneration and nerve pain reduction in a number of different human double-blind placebo control trials it does a really good job if neuroinflammation is causing your pain pea should be part of your treatment program so i started taking pea and if we have some sort of trauma around the nerve that is causing the tinnitus some sort of swelling if we have some sort of trauma around the nerve that is causing swelling that is causing the tinnitus then pea works wonderful for it. But even still, if we do have damage, we need to reduce the inflammation there so the body can heal better. So that was the first step. And I did many of these all together concurrently. So the second step that I did was I started taking a compound called NAD. If you are interested in the anti-aging world or the the regenerative therapy world, you've probably heard of NAD. NAD has the potential to improve cell energy, the energy production in a cell and the function. It also serves to help repair DNA in the cells that have become dysfunctional or have damaged DNA sequences on them. So a lot of the information around NAD surrounded this anti-aging thought because it can go and repair DNA of cells that are starting to get off track and when cells' DNA gets damaged, they start to act differently or dysfunctionally and that accelerates the aging process. In animal models, taking NAD, this is a little bit of an aside, it has been shown to increase lifespan to a significant degree, but when we look at it in the brain and the nervous system, because it improves the nerve cell function and the communication between cells, it can improve the healing process and the function of all these nerves. So this is what piqued my interest in tinnitus, because we do know that in certain cases, there is a brain component to the interpretation of the error signal coming into the brain where the brain kind of processes that incorrectly. And it spits out this buzzing noise, this, you know, squealing noise, this constant tone that people hear that drives them crazy. But also it does show promise in like things like Alzheimer's in animal models because it does help those brain cells function so well. And in one study, Done from the Mayo Clinic in the Journal of Neuroscience, they found that increasing NAD helped attenuate brain cell loss, so they lessened the cell loss in the brain and actually promoted myelin regeneration in the nerves. So this is very promising in that it improves the health of the nerves in the brain and possibly could change brain aging. We don't have the data on that yet, but we are looking at it. Science is studying these things consistently right now. And for this kind of jumps ahead to one of the other treatments, but we know that if you do PEMF, pulse electromagnetic field therapy, targeting the brain, that in about 25 to 50% of people, they got improvement. So addressing the health and the blood flow in the brain has improved tinnitus in many patients. So I think this is a very good area to explore for people and can improve tinnitus symptoms significantly. So, for NAD, I did two things. I started taking an oral supplement that was a precursor to NAD itself. So, I started taking nicotinamide riboside, and that improved my symptoms quite a bit. And then, we came across two things. We came across an intranasal NAD supplement, and a very potent suppository supplement for NAD that is basically the equivalent of getting an NAD intravenously. The problem with NAD IVs for me was the time-consuming part. They take like four hours to do it correctly, and they're quite expensive. And if we look at NAD It's something that we're improving the nerve function, the communication, the energy production. We probably need to do that consistently over a period of time. If we're going to get nerve healing, nerves do not heal fast. And so it was something that, look, I'm going to be doing this for a few months if I can do 10 suppositories over a month period and each suppository is the equivalent of getting an iv i'm doing it at like 1 20th or 30th of the price and so for something that works really really well i started doing a nad suppository about every third day during this whole process the third step that I took and I think is a very good thing whenever we're looking at NAD is to get treatment to improve the health of the muscles, the nerves and the joints throughout the, the head, the jaw, the neck and the skull. And so what we're looking at with that is, can I do some hands-on treatment to improve the joint function throughout the vertebrae in the upper neck to make sure that the, the function of all the muscles that cross from our neck to our skull, that cover all the nerves there, that cross from our jaw into our face, improve the tension and the function of all those muscles. Can we do some treatments for the nerves that go in there? and get some healing effects. And so what we use for that is dry needling to treat the muscles and the nerves so that I'm improving the healing response. And dry needling is, basically using a tiny monofilament needle that goes in and targets specific structures muscles nerves joints ligaments and stimulates a healing response so your body thinks there's a tiny little amount of damage that's been caused by the needle and it sends all these healing response healing agents to repair those nerves and so we did that throughout the jaw throughout my neck throughout the nerves that wrap up into the skull and we release some of these deep muscles around the jaw that could cause compression around the inner ear and the eustachian tube. The other thing that was a bit different that we do, and that's something that would look like a treatment for you know somebody who had jaw pain or like tension type headaches, it would be a very similar look. The other thing we did that was a bit different is started to work in endonasal balloon adjustments, and that's where we go and adjust the joints throughout the sinuses, throughout the jaw, and throughout the skull that could be affecting nerve function, blood flow, and compression around the inner ear and the eustachian tube and the the input into the brain. So if you haven't listened to episode 44 with Cindy Stein on this amazing kind of treatment and procedure, go check that one out because we really get into the ins and outs Go to the YouTube channel and you can see some videos of exactly what's happening and how adjusting those joints can change the nerve function in the brain. So that, that's a really good resource if you're looking at some of these things. Hey, my friends, I hope you are enjoying this episode of the pain and performance podcast. Uh, We have a goal to get this show into the top 10 of the health and wellness category. And with the amazing guests and the reviews and ratings that we've gotten from y'all, we are well on our way. But if you haven't yet, please take a second and leave a review, leave a rating. Um, That's what really kind of pushes the show forward. So thank you so much. I will love you and send you a virtual hug. Uh, Thanks and back to the show. So that was the main initial start. I had started improving and tracking sleep, increased glutathione before bed and started taking ashwagandha, which I had studied for memory and hormone regulation. It has been proven and shown to you know, improve cortisol levels, reduce stress, improve hormone balance over a significant amount of time. And knowing that stress for a lot of people can increase tinnitus, it was an easy thing to work into the the regimen. And I started doing PEMF for the inner ear, as I was saying earlier. So PEMF is pulsed Electromagnetic Field Therapy. This has been studied a lot because it improves blood flow to the structures inside the body, and you can target certain areas in the brain or the ear in this case. And so there was a study done in Australia that showed significant improvements on, like I said, probably about a third of the, the people in the study had quite significant improvements in their tinnitus. And then they followed up with a study in Singapore that targeted the left part of the brain, the auditory cortex, on about 28 patients. And they found the same thing, that it improved tinnitus scores on average by around 25%. In another study that I had pulled whenever I was looking at all this stuff in Belgium, they did 114 patients with one-sided tinnitus, so primarily, you know, seemingly coming from one side. Sometimes it's a little hard to tell if you are the one suffering from tinnitus. But mine appeared to be left-sided whenever I started getting this stuff, and I had, you know, more tension in the left part of my neck, in the left part of my jaw. And the symptoms seem to be there again. It's a little bit hard to tell whenever you're the one here in the ringing, but in people who tended to think they were having left side or one sided tinnitus, that study found that 25% of the patients showed good effect using PEMF as a treatment tool, and about another 30% found a partial effect. So about 50% 55% showed some improvement using PEMF as part of their treatment program. So again, I think that's because there's certain people that are gonna have different issues that are causing their tinnitus or related to their tinnitus. So that was part of why I was doing this, this multi-step treatment protocol is, I don't know if it came, I did grow up shooting shotguns and didn't use shotguns and rifles and didn't use ear protection like I should have. So there could have been damage. I've had multiple concussions throughout my life. And again, if you listen to episode 44 with Cindy Stein, those can cause these longstanding inflammatory responses in the brain. And if we don't correct those, then that could be a cause. I've had neck issues at different points in time. I used to clench my jaw very, very badly as a kid growing up. And so, you know, all of those things could be at least part of it without having a good answer. It was like, what if we do treatment that addresses each part of the, the cause for tinnitus over a two or three month period and see what happens. And so just to kind of go back through that. So basically I was taking PEA daily every third day I was doing an NAD suppository supplement. I was getting treatments about once or twice a week to my jaw, to my neck, to the nerves and structures around my head and face. I was doing one endonasal balloon adjustment a week and started improving sleep and doing two PEMF treatments a week. So basically twice a week, I was going through the treatment program and daily I was taking a few of these supplements, taking ashwagandha, glutathione, PEA, and taking NAD suppositories every third day. For two months, I did this and on the Fifth or sixth week, that was where the big shift for me came. The fifth or sixth week was starting to notice that throughout the day, I had no ringing in my ears at all, and it was just completely gone that was a very interesting change that, oh, I'm not hearing it. Now, unfortunately, as these things, when I would notice that, it was almost like I would bring it back. But there was still these times where I would start to pay attention that I'm not having ringing at all. Like there's not a low buzz, there's nothing. And that was very interesting. By about the sixth or eighth week I had gotten to where I would say that my tinnitus was about 95% better. I would have very, very few times whenever I was having ringing in the ears. And then I went off of everything. I stopped treatment. I stopped doing the supplementation and are these changes going to last? And so for about the first month I was good. And then the second month, some of the symptoms started to come back and So I finished that month out and then I did another month of this kind of intensive treatment. So I did went back on, you know, started treating all the structures again, started taking PEA, NAD, glutathione, taking the ashwagandha, doing my PEMF treatments. And again, the symptoms went Back down to zero to five percent in intensity. Very rarely would I feel any of, any of the ringing in the ears, or notice any of the ringing in the ears. When I did notice it, it was a very very light buzz, and so that was a big thing that that really you know kind of showed. Now the question that showed improvement. Now the question is, can I keep it that way? The second round of that showed significant improvements to the point where if you had asked me I would say it was a hundred percent better after that month for six months I didn't have a single tinnitus flare-up or anything and I remember the time that I did this I had gotten a gift that was a little 380 pistol for Sarah and we went to shoot it and I didn't have ear protection and I was with my dad and he was like oh you know roll up some cotton put it in your ears you know do something to you know cover your ears and i did that and it just wasn't enough and we shot and as soon as we did i knew it i felt that vibration in the ear and the tinnitus came back So I went back on and did another month about six months later. So this would have been my basically fourth full month of doing like one of these intensive treatments and got back that time to about 95%, which is where it stands today. Very, very rarely. Uh, I do plan on doing another intensive next year where I'm doing another month of everything and getting back into treatment and doing PEMF again. Throughout this journey, of course, I'm talking to patients about it, and I've had upwards of 10 to 12 patients who've gone through this similar five or six-step process with treatment. And we go through kind of the explanation of, you know, look, it could be blood flow. It could be muscle compression around the inner ear. It could be trauma to the nerve. We could have inflammation around some of those structures. So we need to check those boxes to treat this effectively. So that's why we've put all of these different components together you know these different steps to treatment these different layers that really help to address all of the problems in there but i think a lot of this is things that most people could have access to you know, most people could find, and we'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes, but most people could find a, a good PEA supplement. There's one that we use that's a lot. Most people could get NAD, whether in oral form, taking nicotinamide riboside, or they could do the suppositories and maybe do an occasional NAD IV. Finding good treatment for all the structures around there maybe a little bit more difficult, but if you can find someone who does dry needling and maybe specializes in headaches or TMJ pain, it could be something in your area that can really help you. I would also put a caveat in here. If you have breathing issues and or mouth or jaw dysfunction, I would look into if you've had chronic tinnitus into getting like some orthopedic orthodontic assessments done and looking at the structure of your palate your jaw and how that affects your breathing because all of those things tie in and can create a, a significant dysfunction throughout the the head and the neck and inflammation throughout all those nerves so that's a little caveat if you're doing some of these things and it doesn't quite seem to be improving as well, I would have that as kind of the ace in the hole. Hold that in your back pocket. You're you're improving all of these other levels, and if there's some sort of structural issue in there, it may be a little bit difficult. Make sure you're improving sleep and stress. Those two things for tinnitus are very, very helpful. And so, you know, whether that's adding meditation, I was already a pretty significant are consistent meditator throughout this process, but there's quite a bit of research on people using meditation to improve tinnitus. So if you're not doing something to, you know, kind of tap into that, you know, meditative relaxation, brain health improvement, I think that would be a good thing to add in. And while PEMF is not completely present in all areas, it is becoming more prevalent in many, many areas and they have home units i would make sure you do your research on some of the pemf home units i have definitely 100 percent noticed that with pemf you very often get what you pay for so some of these kind of you know a couple hundred dollar systems are probably not going to have the power to get to deeper structures like the ears so either you're looking at probably a home unit that is going to be effective is probably in the three dollars to $5,000 range. I think if you're using it like this as a means to an end, like I'm trying to heal this in a shorter period of time, it's probably more cost effective to you know, buy some treatment packages through a local provider. And kind of go on and off, maybe do two months straight, Take a month off. What are your symptoms? Go back on, do a month if you, the symptoms have improved but aren't completely resolved. If you can find someone who is doing endonasal balloon adjustments, I would highly recommend that. If it is coming from structural issues inside the face, inside the jaw, around the ear canal, that treatment can be incredible for improving the function of the nerves, the muscles, and the suture joints around the the jaw and the face and around the ear so that's the steps that's how we've treated tinnitus if you have any questions about any of that stuff please reach out because i know that a lot of you have asked for kind of what was the game plan around treating tinnitus how did we do it so i hope that kind of gives you some light on You know, what did it look like? What should we be trying to mimic and how can I kind of put this game plan together? Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening to the pain and performance podcast and I will quote unquote, see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this information with someone who needs it. We hear it all the time from patients and friends and family that say they wish they heard this information earlier, so they could have started this journey towards better health, a better life, a more pain-free life sooner. So, if you know someone who can benefit from this information, please send the show to them. Also, you can get all of today's show notes and topics discussed at DerekHines.com/podcast. And for any treatment or pain inquiries, please go to AcadianaPain.com thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Thanks for all of the feedback and any reviews that y'all can give. I really appreciate it. And remember, just try and get a little bit healthier every day.